This is exciting. I've never been to hyperspace before. What? What have you been flying? Oh, mainly speeders, you know? Maintenance vehicles, whatever I could get my hands on. See why I tried to hire a different pilot? Trace's flying is more of a dream than a reality. What did you say? Uh, I, I said the ship flies like a dream. Yeah, a bad one. What? Oh! I left the air brakes on. That could have been bad. It's time for Send in the Clones! Join your hosts, Buto and Robbie, on an epic journey through a galaxy far, far away as they follow the escapades of Anakin Skywalker and the Jedi Knights with the Clone Army of the Republic in their struggle against Count Dooku and the droid army of the evil Separatists. So step in and prepare for adventure because it's time to send in the clones! In this episode! Adrift in the galaxy and without direction or purpose after leaving the Jedi Order, Ahsoka's misadventures with the Martez sisters continue! As Rafa brings Trace and Ahsoka on a jar-running spice from the mines of Kessel to the dastardly clutches of the Pike Syndicate! Hey, troops, it's your old buddy Bucho! Clone Wars Rocky on my first ever watch of the Clone Wars and next to me on the dropship he's a Clone Wars veteran with three tours of the first six seasons of the Clone Wars he's the Ahsoka to my trace it's your trusty pal Robbie what's up everyone and we are going to talk about the 127th episode in the StarWars.com Clone Wars chronology written by Charles Murray and Darbe Filoni and directed by Stuart Lee and Nathaniel Villanueva or maybe Villanueva it's season seven, episode six, deal, no deal, or maybe deal or no deal. The title wasn't 100% confirmed when I looked on Wikipedia earlier, but what I should really just look at is it's deal, no deal on Disney+. Plus. So, Robbie, <laughs> I still haven't worked out how we start these episodes. How about a real quick, maybe uh, one or two sentence summary of how you liked this episode deal no deal well this kind of continues my opinion of the last episode unfortunately i knew it yeah i just didn't i didn't feel it on this one well i think we might be a little bit more in agreement this episode no spoilers but i think we might be a little bit more in tune and this episode opens with ahsoka tano still hanging out with a new gal pal trace martez while working on pimping the martez sisters right the silver angel a name of which Ahsoka is somewhat surprisingly mocking. It's You think of Ahsoka as kind of a sweetheart, but she's not afraid of a little bit of uh, what might be called ball-busting, I guess. And then Rafa turns up, and she tells Trace that she needs her and the Silver Angel for a job. And she also tells Ahsoka not to get too comfortable that she has her eye on Ahsoka. She doesn't do that thing where she, you know, points out her own eyes and points out Ahsoka's eyes doing the old... Yeah. You know, the, the two fingers, I'm watching you, but basically there, right? And we also find out that, like Ahsoka, Rafa finds the name Silver Angel somewhat worthy of mockery too. So even though Rafa's no Ahsoka fan, there's at least one thing they agree on early in the episode. And before we know it, the Silver Angel's ascending the Coruscant underworld shaft, and it's soaring into the Skylanes. But they're the wrong Coruscant Skylanes, Robbie. They our military skylines because it turns out that in spite of Trace's claims at elite pilothood, she seems to have very, very little actual flying experience, which leads to the Silver Angel being hailed by the military and in a panicky scene in which Ahsoka tells Trace not to answer the call and in which the proud and defiant Trace decides to answer the call anyway 
we immediately recognize the voice of good old Admiral Ularan coming back over the transmitter. And we soon learn that, along with Admiral Ularan, the Jedi Knight Anakin Skywalker is commanding that ship. And we see that he senses a presence he hasn't felt since. And he tells Ularan to stand his forces down, that there's nothing on that ship with which they need to concern themselves. Everything's fine. We're fine. We're all fine here now. Thank you. How are you? So, Robbie, <laughs> this first, let's say the first act, the first eight or so minutes of the episode, we get more of the tension between Rafa and Ahsoka, and we get an, a force interaction between Ahsoka and her former master. How did you like this first eight minutes, this first act of Deal No Deal? Well, I mean... I want to try to focus on the positives. Yes. Because that's, I don't know. That's just what we need. We need more positivity in the world. I'm with you. But yeah, man, I really enjoyed the sort of Skywalker Academy. <laughs> yeah. uh, I love that at the very beginning. It was just a little moment of ingenuity, I guess, on, on the sure. part of Ahsoka. But at the same time, it was it was just a nice little callback and just a little reminder. Of course, we didn't need that reminder because we know who Ahsoka is, but it's just one of those things where I just, I liked it. One of the things that I want to mention too is the music is fantastic in these, and it definitely is a more cinematic feel to it. Right. You know what I mean? It just has that that feel it's just really really nice so i think uh i assume it's still kevin kiner i hadn't looked it up but man i'm really really enjoying those of course it's nice seeing uh Yularen again even though his model looks a little rougher yeah. you know <laughs> it did hey that was weird it was almost too much of a jump sure. i don't know but I, I can't even remember the last time we'd actually seen him on screen i mean it's just like all the other jedi you know at, the, at, at this time you know they're all out there you know they're all doing their thing but if they show up again we're not going to immediately recognize when the last time we'd seen him was. Right. You know what I mean? And that's the way I look at you, Lauren. So it's a little strange to see him. But you had to do that woodblock look again, right? Yeah, yeah. Which, you know, it makes sense because they're not going to have as much time to spend on everyone as they have to spend on, you know, Ahsoka and Trace and Rafa, who are in almost all of, I guess, this entire arc. But, yeah, it was kind of odd. But, yeah, like you say, I was happy to see him again. Admiral Yularen is kind of like Admiral Trench for me because... You know, I met him in the very first Clone Wars episode I ever watched, Cat and Mouse, right. so I'm always happy to see him, you know, even if it's just for old time's sake. Right, and that's that's kinda how it felt in a way. I mean I, I'm I mean, who knows? We don't know what's coming in the rest of these episodes. In a way I kinda feel like I mean this is kind of jumping ahead and into almost speculative territory, but I almost get the sense that since Anakin sensed Ahsoka that there's there may be a chance that he needs to come to a rescue. Who knows? Right. But that's kind of, that's the first thing I thought when I saw him. I was like, okay, so maybe that's the tie-in to how we're going to get to these last few episodes when Ahsoka's kind of back at work, so to speak. Maybe that's it. I don't know. Sure. But yeah, I mean, there's nothing in this first section that was too <laughs> distracting to me. How did you like the name Silver Angel, Robbie? Did you have you ever thought of a name that you would give to your ship if you ever had your own starship? Um, yeah, the Green Bush. <laughs> no, I don't. That sounds don't like have... you didn't actually have a name, and you just tried to improvise on the spot, like Ahsoka tried to improvise the uh, Skywalker, Skywalker Academy. Which, yeah, and that's a very Skywalker Academy thing. They all of their graduates are very schooled in improvisation because the Skywalker way is the way of improvisation or definitely the Anakin Skywalker way anyway right but that was 
terrible is what that was. That was just not a good... I shouldn't have sprung it on you. Maybe I should have warned you about (laughs) it earlier because I would just call mine the Millennium Falcon 2 because I have even less imagination. Oh, well, then there you go. But all I'm saying is the Silver Angel is a little goofy, but, you know... But it fits Trace, right? Exactly. It's the sort of thing that her character would call the ship, so it's something cute about it and something a little bit adorable about it and about the way that Ahsoka and Rafa, you know, who are a lot more worldly and I guess a little bit more cynical about things, you know, less idealistic. There's something fun about the way they kind of tease Trace. It it is funny too, if you think about a lot of the names out there, they're either very intimidating sounding, you know, the Razorback and you know, Slave One. Yeah, all of those things. And then there's some that are just kind of, you know, to me Millennium Falcon, it's, it's definitely a cool name. But it's not super intimidating. It's just, it sounds cool, you know? But Silver Angel is super optimistic. It's super, you know, almost cutesy, you know what I mean? So, yeah, it definitely fits Trace. Well, after Rafa tells Trace the secret destination of the Silver Angel, Trace takes them into hyperspace, apparently for the first time in Trace's life, much to Ahsoka's surprise. So, as the ship shakes and rattles, Ahsoka asks Trace, what has she been flying? And Trace replies that she's been flying speeders mostly and a few maintenance vehicles here and there when she can get her hands on them. And then Trace realizes that the reason the Silver Angel is shaking like crazy is that she left the air brakes on. And I gotta tell you, Robbie, I literally laughed out loud both times I watched this scene. There's something so charming about the timing of it and just the goofiness of it. And I had been enjoying the way the ship was shaking. I mean, I'm supposed to be doing the summary part of the thing and here I'm straight into the commentary but I would just really like this part of the episode so I just want to say that it charmed the heck out of me so just be careful what you say about it in about 40 seconds when I ask you how you like this part of the episode because you know okay. I don't, just in case you hurt my feelings but anyway this part of the episode also <laughs> takes us and Ahsoka and the Martez sisters to Kessel dun 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 a legendary place of fortune and glory and corruption and a place of Someone called Kinash Lock, a Twi'lek majordomo of someone called King Yoruba. So we first see a more luxurious palatial side of Kessel than we've seen before, or at least than I've seen before. The only time I've seen Kessel is in the feature film Solo, a Star Wars story, where we only saw the harsh environment of the spice mines. And of course, before too long, we're reminded of said spice lines when Kinash Lok informs our heroes that the cargo they'll be transporting is... Spice, dun dun dun, a substance which can be used to make medicine, but also, as Ahsoka points out, can be used to make things which aren't good. And so off they blast from the palace to the legendary spice mine. So, Robbie, how did you like this scene of them rattling away with the air brakes out and then jumping into hyperspace for Trace's first time and then turning up at Kessel and seeing that Kessel has quite a fancy pants side to it? Well, that was one of the things that really stuck out to me was how beautiful this other side of Kessel was. Especially, you know, when I was watching it almost immediately after it came out, I guess early this morning for me. And it was it was incredibly bright and just like, I was like, yeah. what? I don't, I'm not understanding. I'm kind of, am I lost here? What's going on? Yeah, I didn't know what it was. Yeah, did they accidentally turn up on the boo? Yeah, I, I really didn't know. And then... You know, of course, it's kind of a story beat, you know what I mean? That there's a harsh side to this planet. Well, I should say there's a very beautiful side of this planet that we've never been exposed to before. So, I mean, I did enjoy that. I, I just gotta I just gotta say, this whole mission would be a big old nope for me. I mean, I'm talking <laughs> about from the 
Oh, you're not going to tell me what it is? Well, I'm not going. I mean, that's that's just, that's me. That's the way I am. So I'm sitting here going, oh, this is going to be bad. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, this is going to be, no, this isn't going to be good. So, yeah, I mean, this whole thing, especially with the air brakes, I was sitting there going, oh, God, this, <laughs> we're in trouble. I mean, I, I get what you're saying, though. I get what you're saying that it's almost, you know, like a cute character thing, you know, but then especially when you realize, okay, they're basically, they're, they're, they're smuggling now. They're, they're smuggling, you know, drugs. Uh, this is not a good thing. This is not, this is not good. Well, it's not the drugs yet, though. It's not until they find out they're taking it to the pikes, or Ahsoka finds out they're taking it to the pikes, he realizes it's for nefarious means and not for medicine. I guess spices the analog to opium, you know, which can be turned into medicine or it can be turned into illicit drugs like heroin. So that in this world, that's what spices. And so at first, Ahsoka thinks that she's doing a good thing. Although, you know, you can tell that she doesn't actually trust the mission from the start. Well, and the slaves, you know, that might be one of those things that make you you know, pause a little bit. Sure. But, you know, that it's just this, oh, man. It's just, I'm sitting there going, oh, nope. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. As I'm watching it, I'm just like, nope, I wouldn't be doing this. And to see a Jedi involved, or what I consider to be a Jedi involved, it's, uh, yeesh. Ooh, this is a, this is a bad one. So, I don't know. That's just kind of how I, uh... <laughs> How I take this. So it sounds like you are having more trouble letting Ahsoka go from the Jedi Order than Anakin is. Because, I mean, I, one of the sweet or very bittersweet things about that earlier scene is you know Anakin knows Ahsoka's on there. And so that's another scene of him having to let her go. You know, this thing that's been a theme all the way back to the theatrical release when Master Yoda says the toughest thing for Anakin is going to be letting her go. And so we're reminded of that in this episode. But it sounds like you still consider her a Jedi, even though no one else does. Including herself. Well, no, I, I get what you're saying, but there's a difference between seeing somebody that you that you like get thrown into a, a situation where they have to do some things to get out of it. It's one thing to willingly get on a ship with strangers and go on a spice smuggling mission. That's just, ugh, it's just not something, I don't know. I guess it's one of those things where... It's one of those things where she's like the frog in the pot, right? Because it's slowly becomes revealed what's going on during the thing it's not like she decides okay we're going to smuggle drugs let's go you know in fact Rafa pointedly doesn't even tell Ahsoka where they're going she only tells Trace so sort of Ahsoka finds herself more and more in these situations and I think that she's got I think her protective instinct is kicking in and she sees Trace as someone who maybe needs her help yeah see to me that's uh I don't know maybe that's why I'm such a I'm I'm such a terrible person uh, because I see that and I go, that's too much drama for me. I would not want to get involved in that. So I guess I would make a terrible, terrible Jedi. But uh, but yeah, it's you even know until you try. It's just one of those things where I'm just like, ah, this is this is bad news all over it. Especially when the Pikes show up. Yeah, yeah. I love the way those Pikes look. But just before we get to that, I've got a couple of notes here. The first is that take us out, Captain. It's kind of a standard maritime phrase. That's what Rafa tells Trace after they finally get beyond the military trouble that they almost got into. But in spaceship terms, it somehow makes me think of Star Trek. So I mm. thought that was a fun moment. And even the music in that moment was very Star Trekky. And then I got a note here that Trace's sweetness and naivety through this episode, I mean, through the last episode as well, but more and more through this episode, the way it's 
played for comedic relief, especially her, you know, her really bold and enthusiastic claim that her ship is the fastest around and that she's the best pilot. It sort of emphasizes more and more that this is the Disney era version of the Clone Wars, that there's something more Disney about the way that this story feels so far. And when we look back on our conversations about the Bad Batch as well, the way that they were bulletproof and there was never really a sense of jeopardy for them. There was for Echo, but you know none of the Bad Batch ever got a scratch you know, through the whole thing. So I think there's a sense that this is, let's just say it's a more Disney version of the Clone Wars than we've seen before. I don't know. Do you feel a similar kind of thing? I definitely see your point. I, I'm just not quite sure about it. And the reason I say that is because we've definitely had cute episodes but you know, in the Lucasfilm era, sure. you know, I mean, there's definitely your share back then, and there's definitely been our share of episodes where I'd say bulletproof characters through many, many different situations. So, who are the other bulletproof characters though? Because even Anakin hasn't been bulletproof. You know, I think early on I made a note that it was kind of striking to see him knocked unconscious and helpless. You know, and there was Ahsoka has been beat up and. I mean, Trace is not bulletproof. I, I mean, I think I made a point last week that this is not the same thing that was happening in the Bad Batch because we saw Trace get beat up and bruised, you know. So I don't want to push this thing too hard that it's, you know, disnified and sanitized because showing a girl with, you know, who's been beat up with bruises on her face, that's not super sanitized. But there's something about, I guess, the humor, the way that we have these shifts in tone between the tense and dramatic and the goofily comedic and the way it's super slapstick in a way in this episode. I don't know. It was just something that occurred to me. No, and, and, and it's a it's definitely valid. It's just not something I considered because I've seen... I feel like I've seen this in the Clone Wars before. Like, this, the idea of characters like this, the idea of... I mean, not exactly or anything like that. Not like it's super derivative of something they've done before, but I've seen characters with this kind of idealism. I've seen jokes. I mean, I mean look at Zero. You know, that kind of stuff. I mean, there's definitely been some light-hearted goofiness going on. I mean, Jar Jar, right? Every time Jar Jar's around, the droids yeah. in general, especially 3PO. Yeah, so I mean, I, it's definitely possible, but for some reason, I just have it in my head that these are not new stories and that they've rewritten them. It's not like an idea, a shell of an idea that they just added stuff to it in this era. I feel like these were finished and they've actually added to them. And, and then completed the actual animation. That's how it feels to me anyway. And I know that these in particular, I'm not sure about the last four episodes, but I feel like these four in particular have been reworked more because, you know, there's this news that there were three different four episode arcs that were going to lead Ahsoka back to right. where she ends up at the Siege of Mandalore in the final four episodes. So there there is that possibility, but honestly, I just, I didn't have that thought. It was more of... I've seen characters like this before, and I wasn't a huge fan of them then. <laughs> so it's kind of, that's just kind of how I've taken these episodes so far. Fair call, Robbie. Well, this episode continues with our heroes arriving at the legendary Spice Mines of Kessel, and it takes no time at all for Ahsoka to resume raining on Raffa's parade, pointing out that the Toiling Miners aren't droids. They're people, and probably, like you mentioned earlier, probably slaves. And, of course, Raffa doesn't want to believe it, so they push on with the mission. And wouldn't you believe it, Robbie? The loading operation is led by a dastardly Zygarian. So it's just, the plot thickens and thickens. And the transport operation is headed for the dastardly pikes. And when Ahsoka points out to Trace that the pikes are the type of dastardly who will take your ship, Trace 
panic jettisons all of the spice into space. And I guess this was the moment that felt, you know, super Disney to me, where it feels very slapsticky and, you know, two people are arguing while another person is not really paying attention. And and I, I don't know, this was one of those parts that felt super Disneyfied to me. Maybe it's, this is a track that I got into in my head and started seeing through a, a lens where everything suddenly looked like that. But that's when... Like I said, Trace jettisons all the spice, so our heroes have to turn up to Pikeville empty-handed. Except they're not empty-handed because they have Ahsoka and her Jedi mind trick plan up their sleeve. Only that plan falls real flat because the Pikes have a tractor beam up their sleeve. And so we're left on a cliffhanger, Robbie. So we're going to wait until next week to find out how they get away. If they get away? How did you like the way that the episode wraps up here, Robbie, where they see the slaves... They push on, they see a Zygarian, they push on, they end up at the Pikes. And they really end up at the Pikes <laughs> because they don't leave. Yeah, I, They can't leave. I have a, a few notes here, and I don't know exactly when these took place, but I was like, one is I dot 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 don't like this. And then <laughs> slaves comma gangsters dot 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 nope, nope, nope. Sounds like your whole... <laughs> reaction to a lot of this art could just be i got a bad feeling about this yeah there you go and my final note was trap now period sigh <laughs> so for me i guess it's it's one thing to i don't know i i guess maybe that's one of the things that i've i've never i guess it's like a it's almost like a story trope that i've never been a big fan of is somebody that's super virtuous and super moral getting involved in very immoral things i just don't like it I don't like that, I guess, juxtaposition of character. Stories about crime is fine. They're all criminals. Stories about Jedi, that's fine. They're all Jedi. But when you start mixing the two and having them interact, it seems weird to me. And it's one of those things where, at least for me, this is super uncomfortable to watch. Sure. Because I don't like to see Ahsoka doing things that are wrong, that I think are wrong. To me, a Jedi mind trick is one of those things that I just... I've never liked. Right. Because I feel like it's super, super manipulative. When Qui-Gon is trying to do it to Watto constantly in episode one, I'm like, <laughs> dude, knock it off. It's creepy, right? Yeah. It feels invasive. It feels wrong. So when she does that to the Pike to try to get away, I'm kind of like, okay. But then it doesn't work. So it's, you know, well... It does work, but it doesn't, you know what I mean? The whole plan doesn't work. Sure. So I'm just kind of left with a, ah, so you did this thing that I feel is a moral, you know, <laughs> something wrong to do, and you're still in trouble anyway. So it's kind of like, I don't know, I just, I feel like, I just, I guess I just don't like that story trope. I think I get back to what I was saying earlier about how for Ahsoka, it's not like she made a choice to run drugs at any point in this episode. You know, it's that she right. keeps finding herself pulled deeper and deeper into this crazy plan because she has some sort of regard for Trace and Trace is getting pulled along by Rafa and Rafa is, you know, this reckless kind of rogue type of character who, you know, if you follow a character like that, you're likely to end up into trouble. But Ahsoka feels more like she's taking along with Trace because, you know, at the start of the episode, again, they go over how Ahsoka is lost and directionless. And she's really just trying to work out who she is outside the Jedi Order. So I get what you're saying about it being uncomfortable, but I think I like that because there's this huge challenge for Ahsoka that she's never faced before. And it's dramatic and it's an interesting way to 
develop the character. You know, I mean, she has to go through these teething troubles uh, as an independent person. You know, out in the galaxy, and this is part of it. And sometimes the teething troubles are, are not going to be comfortable, and it's going to involve. I mean, it's going to involve some tough decisions for her. So when she's using this Jedi mind trick, you know, she's doing it because all she's trying to do is save Trace, you know, and Raffer at the same time. She's trying to save their heart. She's not doing it for gain, per se. Although, I guess she is because <laughs> they, get, they get paid. But I don't know. I think the whole thing is, I guess I give her a little bit more leeway also because she's doing it to a pike. I don't know. Maybe that's part of it. It's weird. It's kind of like this. Seeing a Ventress get removed as a Sith or disbanded or whatever you what do you whatever you want to call it cast out there you go cast out as a Sith and then she joins a bunch of bounty hunters that feels okay right to me that's a natural progression i think for me seeing Ahsoka get involved with something that she obviously has intuition just like anyone in the universe has this intuition this may not be a good thing but she gets involved anyway like it's kind of one of those things where I'm, you know, you kind of go back to the beginning, you go back to last episode. Why would she get involved with them in the first place? You know what I mean? It's it's one of those things where it feels a little unnatural to me. Well, she didn't have a choice in the previous episode, right? She just crash landed on their platform. Right. But continuing to get involved with their hijinks, especially after the first time, knowing that they're what fixing droids that are, you know, <laughs> used for bad things. You know what I mean? Sure. It's kind of like one of those things where that would clue you in that maybe Rafa isn't on the up and up. And if she's not telling you the plan that maybe it's worse than you could even imagine, running Spice would be one of those things. It's kind of one. I don't know. And I get what you're saying that she's being she's trying to be protective. But I kind of feel like, ah, and then all of the, as you said, especially the dumping of the Spice feels very even though I kind of liked how that played out, I think the, you know, Rafa and, and Ahsoka, you know, basically saying the same things together, you know, why did you do that? You did what? All that stuff. I think that was kind of the way it played out was, was slightly comical, you know, and I kind of like the way that that worked, but it almost feels like arbitrary goofiness. Like, okay, we put them in this bad situation. How can we make it worse? Oh, well, let's sure. just have them dump the spot. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's just one of those things where it's, for me, it's a little frustrating because it doesn't feel like a super organic thing that would happen, you know? Hey, let's go on a mission to transport Spice with someone who's never flown a ship before, who doesn't even know not to use air brakes in, during light speed, <laughs> who doesn't have a license to fly, and then is going to dump the Spice because she's upset. I mean, it's just one of those things where it's just like, this is frustrating to me. It's like, do you even know your sister, Rafa? Yeah. That you're trusting her with something so desperate. But I guess that's who Rafa is. She'll roll the dice. You know, she's that Han Solo kind of Lando Calrissian type of rogue character who who sort of bets on things to work out. Right. So it's one of those things where it's like, I feel like this is, again, just a big old pile of nope. You know, okay, so you dump the spice, then you have nothing to give the pikes, then you get there and you cheat them out of their money. I mean, how angry, how much angrier are they going to be, you know, especially when they finally capture you? So it's just one of those things that for me, I just feel it. I just find it very frustrating. Fair enough, Robbie. Well, 
let's talk about something that maybe is a little bit more on the positive side of things. Our favorite shots of the episode. I'll go first because you basically just talked about it. It's the scene where they dump the spice into hyperspace. For some reason, I've always liked when things happen in hyperspace apart from them, you know, just traveling through that kind of blue tube. And I just thought it was fun to see all this bright orange spice be dumped into the blue of hyperspace. And it kind of reminds you of that old cinematog- cinema- cinematographical? cinematographical cinematography thing that's sort of, I guess it's a Michael Bay thing, but it's in a lot of films. And it was kind of a meme on the net maybe a decade ago about the orange and teal, right? The blue and the orange and how... All of a sudden, every movie had this... Like, I think it goes back to Top Gun. I always take it back to Top Gun, or you, although you can take it back to, I guess, Apocalypse now and further, but Top Gun had this... You know, we talk about a lot, the golden hour thing, right? And so anytime you have orange and teal together, you know, in my simple mind, it just looks real pretty. And I also like the dramatic effect of their bargaining chip, the thing that has the most value to them, I guess aside from themselves and their ship, is all of a sudden gone and has a dramatic moment. I enjoyed that, but what was your standout shot of deal? No deal, Robbie. Well, mine was, I guess it was the departure from, I guess, the palace or whatever. The way that it looked, it was perfectly symmetrical as the Silver Angel flies away, and it's just a beautiful looking shot. In fact, I actually liked uh, the departure of the Silver Angel from platform that or i guess it's level 1313 right from their platform right just the the initial departure was was just really really nice and again I, i'm trying not to be like super negative here I'm just it just it's just i'm just a little frustrated okay no i get you but before we bring this one in for a landing robbie we need to sum it up we need to give our ratings so after your first ever watch or i guess your second ever watch since we watched these twice before we record of Deal No Deal, how did you like him? Where does Deal No Deal sit on that four-star Robbie scale? It's 2.75, isn't it? It's actually, no, wait, is it 2.5? It is 2.5. Dang. Yeah, I mean, I feel like this one is... I mean, you know, I pretty much said it. It's just frustrating to me. I mean, if I wasn't a fan of the previous episode, definitely not going to be a fan of this one because it's a continuation of the same story and it gets worse. You know what I mean? Sure. And it's yep. like... I almost feel like it's just an arbitrary set of problems put in front of Ahsoka. It doesn't. It just doesn't feel natural. I think the storytelling is a little on the sloppy side, but I again, I can't go lower than that because the animation is beautiful. The music is great. I've enjoyed every element of it except really the way that things play out. That that story, the plot, really, it's just kind of it's frustrating to me. No, I hear you, Robbie. I think when you brought up at the end how. If they go to Pike and rip them off for the money, they're going to be in a worse position than if they had just run as soon as they dumped the spice, right? Right. So Ahsoka's plan, that does feel kind of sloppy in, in terms of storytelling. Like, she's, isn't she smarter than that? Wouldn't it have been better for them to just run? And I don't know. But the other stuff, I think I get what you're saying about the arbitrary problems. I, I do like the way that the story is developing and the way where it feels like it's just one little step at a time where Ahsoka finds herself kind of unintentionally being drawn into these situations and I don't kind of put as much of the I don't want to use the word blame but I guess I I don't put as much of the blame on her for making these decisions as a moral person because each time like going back into the previous episode you know she decides to stick with Trace because Trace fixes her bike for free because Ahsoka doesn't have the credits or whatever you know so she's kind of finds herself feeling a little bit in debt to trace and so she helps trace out with the robots and then it's one of these almost slippery slope 
kind of roller coaster things where she's on a finds herself on a slide on a spiral where it's just a little step at a time and it's not like she decides at any point i'm gonna do something bad you know as a good person i'm gonna do something bad she finds that her instincts are saying this could be dodgy but i think at each point i buy why she does the thing that she does why she makes the decision she makes but i've got this at six jettisoned spice canisters or containers or what do you even, what do you even call those things containers right into uh, hyperspace out of 10 which is positive still it's uh, obviously a couple of points short of the previous episode so i'm definitely with you that this is not as fun as the previous episode but i think i still did enjoy it more i think i enjoy these characters more especially rafa you know as i keep on saying i'm just this fan of rogues and <laughs> rafa is definitely a rogue so i was more positive and i'm at six do you want to uh, say anything else before we wrap it up robbie Nah. i mean we could go keep going back and forth if you want well, I was just going to say that the... I want to give, just want to give you right of reply because I just replied to your thing and if I said anything that you want to clarify or rebut, no. you know. I was just going to say that, that the my frustration in these episodes is... I mean, I'm still enjoying the ride. You know, it's not like I'm sorry that the Clone Wars came back for a seventh season. Right. I just... I wasn't sure that this would be the... Because I almost feel like at the end of the day, it's almost going to feel like these are throwaway episodes i don't want any of them to be throwaway episodes i mean sure you could say you could argue that well you know this is leading ahsoka back to the jedi but that could just happen i see this as character development for her right but it's i guess that's what i'm waiting to see i don't i don't so far i haven't seen any of that at least to some like what does it all mean i guess that's that's my point and and Maybe that's the part of the issue is that we haven't seen the whole story yet. So I'm still hopeful. I just want to put that out there. I'm still hopeful that this is going to turn around. Well, that's a good note to finish it on, Robbie. And that is Mission Accomplished for Season 7, Episode 6, Deal No Deal. So, Robbie, if the troops out there want to send in their feedback on how they like Deal No Deal or this arc so far, how can they reach us? Yes, please. We are Bucho and Robbie at Gmail and on Twitter and on Instagram. That's B-U-C-H-O-A-N-D-R-O-B-B-Y. Don't be shy. Yes, sir. And of course, the troops can join us again next time for the 128th episode in the StarWars.com Clone Wars Chronology Season 7, Episode 7, Dangerous Debt. And until then, this is your old buddy Bucho alongside your trusty pal Robbie. And we are out. Remember, you can support sending the clothes for free simply by rating and reviewing the show on iTunes or any other podcast platform and Bucho and Robbie will read the review on a future feedback episode. And speaking of feedback episodes, you can also send either a text or an audio message of 60 seconds or less to Bucho and Robbie at gmail.com. May the force be with you. What? I don't believe it. Castle must have double-crossed you. Well, that's really uh, unfortunate. I want patrol ships to cut them off. Engage the tractor beam! You better get us out of here now. Patrol ships. They won't be able to keep up. What was that? That is a tractor beam, Rafa. Just so you know, when they interrogate me, I'm blaming the whole thing on you. Between the three of us, there's plenty of blame to go around. 